Well, it's really great to see you. And, uh, you know, sometimes, as I mentioned last week, as we started this series about pivoting, sometimes we've got to change what we're doing and get on the right track. But other times, we've just got to change our perspective on what God is already doing in our lives. And that's really what this series is about, as we look at what we're doing, are the things that we need to change? Or is it just some of our perspective that we need to change? And, you know, i got to tell you, one of the coolest things in my life right now, and I know that one day this is going to change, but right now, my kids are, are still at an age where they think I'm like the strongest guy in the world. Especially my daughter, Adeline. She's, uh, she, she just thinks I can do anything. And Megan, she's impressed a lot of times too. But I think she's just trying to be nice to me. But she, uh, you know, and, and the other day we were doing something and I, was, and I said, you know what? I, I, I said, Adeline, come here. I, I guarantee I could do a push-up with you on my back. And so she's like, oh, I don't think so. And I said, yeah, let's try. So she gets on my back, and I did a couple of push-ups. And Jacob's kind of standing there, too, and he says, well, that's pretty good, Dad, but I bet you couldn't do that with me on your back. And I said, saddle up, cowboy, you know, come on. So he gets on my back, and I, and I did a couple of push-ups with him on my back. And, and Ethan's standing around, and he says, oh, yeah, well, I'm too big for that. And I said, all right, that's a challenge. Get on. Let's go. And so Ethan, I, you know, Jacob gets off, and then Ethan gets on, and I did a couple push-ups with him, and they're all laughing and thinking this is great. And Megan was kind of around the corner, and she's like, what are you guys doing in there? I said, it's your turn. You get in here. She goes, no, 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 you'll hurt your back. And I said, get in here. I said, you're, you're insulting me in front of the children now. you got to get in here and get on my back. And she's, no, no. Anyways, finally she gets on my back, and I, I kind of stiffen arms like this, and she you know, maneuvers on, and I went to go down and just immediately just, boom, hit the floor. And, and Adeline says, Dad, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, oh, yeah, this is, this is one of those new push-ups, you know. It's, it's very technical. And uh, anyway, I tell you that because there's sometimes that, that we feel like if we're carrying the weight of the world, we, we just got to know our limits. We've got to, every one of us, we have a limit of the things that we can bear, the burdens that we can take on. And, and there's so many things that we need to have the wisdom and the discernment to know that that's not something that I need to worry about. And that's not something that I need to be involved with. And we've got to know that there's a point where our physical bodies can't handle the weight. And spiritually, there's a point where we can't bear the weight either. We may not end up physically crushed, but we'll be crushed with the weight of the world in our souls. Now, we're looking at the life and the leadership of Moses. And he had this monumental task of leading the Israelite people out of slavery in Egypt. They'd been enslaved. You know, they're building pyramids and doing all this work, this manual labor. And at a point, God spoke to Moses and said, I, I've seen what my people have had to endure, and I want them free. And you're going to go to Pharaoh, and you're going to tell him, I want my people to be free. And, of course, Moses questions that every step of the way. And if you're familiar with the story, if you're not familiar, I, man, I'd challenge you to go back and read. I was reading it just this past week, and there's little things I'd forgotten. Like, oh, man, I forgot. That's so cool. It's in, in the book of Exodus. But uh, you, you remember the plagues and God sending these plagues on the people and, and, and trying to convince Pharaoh that this is, this is what needs to happen. But, uh, but Moses is, they, finally, when they leave Egypt... And they're wandering the desert on the way to the, the promised land. This land that God said, you're going to inhabit this place. It's going to be great. And as, they're, as he's leading these people, this is two to three million people that Moses was leading. So he, for perspective, that's three to four size, you know, three to four times 
the size of the city of Louisville. And Moses, one guy, is leading, leading all of them. And you know, if you've ever tried to lead a team, maybe you've tried to lead a team of three or four people, and you realize you can't get everybody on the same page. You can't imagine what it's like to lead two or three million people that are disgruntled and hot and tired and, and all these things, these tumultuous challenges. I read an article this past week I thought was really interesting. And they were talking about the generation alive today, like the generation of, of people right now has the highest percentage of people who deal with a constant low-grade depression. So our generation, you guys, us, the people living right now, as best that they can surmise, that we have the highest percentage of people that deal with a low-grade, constant depression. I'm not talking about like a deep clinical depression. That's, that's a, another issue and, and serious and, uh, and important. But, but I'm talking about people who just all the time live constantly with the heaviness of the soul. Where it's just, in this article said that for a lot of people, they can't even put their finger on it. We can't even really define what it is. There's, there's nothing that's really, really wrong. There's just nothing that's really right. It just, see, everything seems awful. We're a generation of people that we have so much more to live with and, and, and lots of great things, and yet there's a soul dissatisfaction. There's just something off, and there's a longing for more. There's a lack of hope. There's a lack of optimism. There's, there's just a lack of faith, and it seems like we're just existing, not really making that great of a contribution. And so for many people, there's just a heaviness of the soul. I was studying this past week and looking at uh, Greek mythology. It's sort of interesting. Some of that stuff sort of, I can nerd out on it a little bit. But there was one you know, Greek god or character called Atlas. And you're familiar with him. I know you've seen him. You know the, the big strong guy that's sitting like this has got the globe on top of his, on, of his shoulders. He was a, in Greek mythology... Uh, he was someone who waged war with Zeus. And so his punishment was he had to bear the weight of the world. That was what he was called to do. And, and I, I think it's interesting. When, when I looked at that sculpture, seeing that, I, I always thought that was a, like a sign of strength. Like look at, look at the strength of man or something like that. But actually what, what it, was, it was, it was a sign of punishment. The burden of carrying the whole weight of the world. Which is not meant to do it. I want to look at uh, these words of Jesus real quick in Mark 8. He said, he was calling the crowd to join his disciples. And he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. You know, I think you can insert in there. If you're, trying, if you're worried about every single thing, if you're trying to bear the weight of, of the entire world, of, of all your friends, all your family, every, everybody in your circles, if you're just trying to hang on to every little thing, you're gonna, it's going to slip through your fingers. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more? Than your soul. As best as I can figure, there, there's about three weights that I think we carry around with us all the time. Three big weights that we're just not meant to bear, and they, they are crushing, and they're keeping many of us in a constant state where nothing feels right. And here's, here's what they are real quick. I, I know that the first big weight is weight of, of hurts from the past. And I'm guessing that many of you, you, you know what this is like. There is a present heaviness 
that's based on a past hurt. I've got a few of those myself, you know, but for you, maybe it's some friend that lets you down or a spouse that betrayed you or you lost a job and, that, and you felt that that was unfair or you had an opportunity and you didn't take it and you missed it and now you regret it and you, you just can't get out of that cycle of wondering what could have been, what could have been, what could have been or, or, you know, you said something you shouldn't have said or somebody did something to you that they shouldn't have done and, and, and you wish it could be different. You just got a present heaviness based on a past hurt. Another weight that we carry was the, the weight of trouble in the present. And boy, we felt this one. I mean, if we were ever going to feel it, we felt it the last, the last year and a half or so. It's just this, I didn't see this coming. You know, there's something that's happened and, and you, you think this wasn't on my five-year plan. You know, I kind of had a, an idea or a vision whatever you want to call it, for my life, and, and this wasn't on the radar, you know. There's just a constant dissatisfaction of, I thought when I was this age that life would be more like this, or I thought I would feel more like that, or I'd have more meaning, or I'd be in a better relationship. I just, I just seem like I just can't get it right. Something's misfiring in my world, you know. It just, it's just not right where, it, where I am, and I didn't think that I was going to feel like this right now. And there's just trouble in the present. And then the third heavy weight that, again, is just really crushing is the weight of anxiety about the future. How are we going to make it through this? Uh, what are we going to do about that? You know, how are we going to pay the bills when our debt is rising and the bank account is shrinking and, and I'm not where I thought I would be by this time? How are we going to get it all done with three kids and some of them are in diapers? And man, I think about how long we've got to go and what are we going to do? If my, what if my company lays me off? What if, you know, I don't know how how secure my job is what if the economy struggles again what if one of us gets sick then what are we going to do what's going to happen here's a question i want you to just ask yourselves this morning what are the weights that you're carrying around that you need to lay down what are the things that you you're trying to bear the burdens of someone else the world whatever that you just it's too big and it's too much and you can't manage it on your own there's something that's maybe maybe there's nothing really really wrong but there's nothing that's really right or I just feel constantly uneasy there's a heaviness of the soul and unfortunately so many people that's just they think that's just the way life is I think a lot of times we believe that that's just normal doesn't everybody feel that way I'm always going to live with this heaviness. When we look at the story of Moses from the beginning when God called him, he doubted, he doubted himself every step of the way. But once he, he led the Israelites out of Egypt, he had an entirely different problem. And that's what we're going to look at today. I believe that many of us in this room, we have the same problem. We take on too much and we can't ever seem to say no. And I'm, I'm worried and it causes me a lot of anxiety and trouble right now because I don't, I cannot understand my own limits and the weight wears us out. We're going to pick it up in Exodus 18 verse 13. It says that the next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's dispute. So he's kind of serving as a judge for everybody. So anybody that's got a land dispute or, hey, I didn't like the way that person looked at me or, hey, they, you know, they did this or I think this, you know, needs to change, they would set an appointment 
wait around until Moses was like, we'll see you now. And he would come in. He was, he was hearing the disputes against each other. And it says they, they waited before him from morning till evening. There were long lines there uh, waiting to, to be seen. So basically, he's trying to help everybody. Millions and millions of them. He's trying to, if anybody had a gripe about anything, they all came to Moses and they all wanted a little piece of him. You know, you're, you're in charge, you're the leader, so here, you need to fix this for us. But Moses was really fortunate he had a great guy in his life. It was his father-in-law, a guy by the name of Jethro. And Jethro's just a really wise man that was willing to pour into Moses and give some great advice. And it says in verse 14 that when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked a really good question. He said, what are you really accomplishing here? What do, you, what do you think you're really doing? Why are you trying to do all of this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? So let's just pause there for just a second. Let's turn that question inwardly for, for just a moment. Many of us are carrying around weight that we've got no business carrying. We're worried about the stuff that we've got no business worrying about, but we think that we have to. We're convinced that we have to because nobody else is going to be able to solve this problem. Nobody else is going to be able to take care of this unless I'm worried about it. And I know some of you, you're trying to do everything in the world for your kids. And I'm going to lean into that just a little bit because, because you know, oh, God forbid they miss a practice. Or, uh, or an opportunity or some social thing. We've got to give them every single thing because, oh, I can't have them, I can't have them miss out on anything. And so you're running yourself ragged. And you're, meanwhile, your marriage is falling apart. It's kind of coming apart at the seams. But, oh, we, we just got to keep doing this and running all. And we're putting miles on the car because, oh, I'll do anything for my kids. And we just got just to do, do, keep going. And so you're, you're so worried about your kid. You're doing their homework for them. You're running them to every little thing. And you're making excuses for them because I just can't let them fail or learn a lesson. So I've got to keep doing everything for them. Or those of you that, are, that have adult children, uh, you're worried sick about them. So you're doing everything in your power to try to hold their lives together. You think they need me. If they don't have me, then what are the, what's going to happen? And so you're giving them money. And you keep bailing them out. And you keep doing things because you think, well, maybe this time they'll get it together. And, and, and I've got to keep doing everything for them because I've got to hold it together. Or just fill in the blank. You do it in your friend's circle. You know, you got, you got maybe some manipulative friends. They're like, you've got to do this. Or maybe you do it at work. You're like, well, I guess I'll take the extra shift again because if I don't, then who will? And they really need me. And I'm just, you know, I know things are hectic at home, but I've just got to. I've just got to. You know, you just fill in the blank, whatever. Everybody just seems to need you. And so you're carrying the weight of the world. Let's ask, look at that question. Get honest with it. Jethro asked Moses, what are you really accomplishing here? Sometimes it just stops you in your tracks. What is it that you're really accomplishing? Is there any good happening? Is there any growth there? I read a quote this past week. I loved it. Is a quote that's attributed to John Calvin. Now, I'm not a Calvinist, but uh, I thought this was a great quote. It said, one ray of sun is not meant to illuminate the whole world. I like that. One ray of sun, one beam of sunlight is not meant to illuminate the whole world. And you, you may look out and say, but there's so much darkness 
There's so much, there's so much that's wrong, and, and I, I've got to fix it. I've got to find a way, and there's, there's darkness in my life. There's darkness in some corner of our home. There's darkness in my community. One ray of sun is not meant to illuminate the whole world. Now, you are bright. And we are called as children of God to be a light in a dark world. But that, as a church, we are the light of the world. But one ray of sun. We light up parts, but we're not meant to illuminate the whole world. Let me just give you a few life-giving pivots that I see in this passage. If we keep reading on in Exodus, I think that can totally change you and can totally help you to find peace. Because that's I, I know we, we come in here on Sunday... We've worked all week long. Sometimes we just come in here. I just, I just want to be encouraged a little bit. I just want to worship. I just want to come before God and say, hey, be with me for another week. I, I get it. Let's, let's find a little bit of peace today, a little bit of rest. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, he says, Moses, you're trying to solve all these problems for everybody. You're taking on more and more and more, and you're bearing all this. But what do you think you're accomplishing? And Moses responds, he says, well, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me. I'm the one. I'm the one. It's me. I mean, it's, it's all me. I'm, I'm the one that settles the cases between the quarreling parties. I, I inform the people of God's decrees. I give them his instructions. He's, you hear what he's saying? Well, I, I, I mean, what am I supposed to do? I've got all this responsibility you know, I mean, even as I lay out some of those illustrations before, I know that some of you, the wheels are spinning, and you're coming up with arguments. Well, Brandon, he doesn't understand my life. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that. And, and we're doing exactly what Moses is doing right here. Is, well, but I have to. I have to. I have to. And people need me. What will they do without me? Look at what Jethro says next. This is great advice. He says, this is not good. I mean, some things in Scripture, I think, are so simplistic that we, we, we try to overcomplicate. This is one of those life-giving, simple statements. <laughs> That's not good. That's not working, he said. You're going to wear yourself out, and you're going to wear the people out, too. In other words, you're not doing any good for yourself, and you're not doing any good for them, either. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle it. All by yourself. That's a powerfully practical verse. So what do we do? What, what are, what, here, here's the pivot that so many of us need to make to be more effective leaders at home and in our jobs and in our social circles. When you recognize your limitations, you, you know when the weight is too much, it is okay to say no. It's so simple. Uh, and it seems way too practical, but it's okay to say no. I know that there are many of us that are people pleasers, and we have a really, really hard time with that because truthfully, uh, you know, but truthfully saying no may be one of the healthiest things that you can do for yourself, and it may be one of the healthiest things that you can do for somebody else is to say no. We, we always think, oh, I'm, I'm turning them away, and I'm, I'm going to make it bad, and I'm going to hurt somebody. I, I've seen a lot of times as I look back over my life, there's times I've said no, and it was the best thing I could have said to somebody else because it forced them not to rely on me because I would have failed them anyway. And they had to go figure it out on their own. It's not going to help, not only help you, it'll help others. Jethro told Moses, you're going you're gonna to wear yourself out, man. You're going to be no good to anybody if you keep down this path. And eventually you try to juggle everything, eventually something gets dropped. It takes wisdom. To know the difference between, I just need a little support, 
so I can keep pressing on and I'm doing a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't be doing. We got to really be discerning about that. You know, what, what do I just need a little bit of help with and what are the things that I just need to let go? And I need to, to say no. For Moses, it wasn't, that he, it wasn't that he couldn't do it. He could. He was, he was doing it. It might not have been being done that well. And there certainly were long lines of people waiting. They probably backed up for years, people waiting to get in front of him. But, uh, and it wasn't bad what he was doing. This is important work. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do the things that he was doing. But he was one man. And one ray of sun is not meant to illuminate the whole world. It did not depend upon Moses. It depended upon God. God was the one leading. And, and, and all, of us, all of us tend to think, we all tend to think that we are indispensable until we realize that we really weren't. You may think that, oh, what would they do at work without me? If you died today, they'll have your job posted by the end of the week. We think we are indispensable until we realize that we really weren't. And I tell you, the place you can't be replaced is at home. You know, those relationships that are so crucial with our spouses, with our kids, not in an unhealthy way where we're, you know, never saying no to anything, but, but how much do we sacrifice the relationships that really matter because we think, oh, what will, what will they say if I don't pick up that extra shift? Or what will somebody think if I don't, if I, if I don't go with them to that? And we're afraid to, to say no. Well, we're, we really shouldn't be because we, we're not indispensable in all those other places. Here's another area to pivot that can really help us to be more effective, especially if you're leading in some arena. And all of us are leaders in some area in life. Whether it's at home or at work or it's in some area, it's, you have leadership because we've we're, we got the fingerprints of God on us. So you are a leader somewhere. Everyone leads somewhere. And as you lead, don't be afraid to delegate. Don't ever be afraid. It's not a dirty word. It's not a bad thing. If you care about people, if you truly care about people, you'll always have work to do because humans never run out of needs. That's something I've really learned is there is always going to be a need out there somewhere. And, and I'm going to be made aware of it. If you really, really, if you've got a bleeding heart and you care about people, there's always going to be more that you could do. There's always going to, when you lay down at night, you're always going to think, oh, maybe I could have done a little bit more. But truthfully, there's just not enough hours in the day. And sometimes we just, we can't accomplish it all. And, you know, God is the only one who gets his to-do list done every day. The rest of us, we've got to know our limits and say, I could have done more, but... I just I didn't have the time. I didn't have what it, you know, I just didn't have it. And so we, we because we're limited, for the, all of us, there's always going to be something else. I love what Andy Stanley says. This is great. This is practical. He says, don't strive to be a well-rounded leader. See, that kind of flies in the face of what I've always thought. Oh, I'm supposed to be well-rounded. He says, don't, don't strive to be a well-rounded leader. Instead, strive and discover your zone and stay there. Then delegate everything else. I really like that. I think that's good. If we can major in the things that we are called to and that we're good at and just find that zone, find that passion, find that calling, and let's just focus there and delegate everything else. Jethro gives this advice to Moses. He says, now listen to me. He says, listen, let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. 
you should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. He said, in other words, you are called to lead, Moses. This is your position. This is where you're at. He said, but, and you should teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. In other words, be a great example. You know, if, if you are the, the, the leader in your home, hey, don't, I'm not saying give that up. Or if you're a leader at work or you're doing, you know, you've got responsibilities wherever. I'm not saying to, to throw off your responsibilities. But he says, instead, select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. In other words, they're trustworthy. They got their head on straight. And appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,150 and 10. And they should always be available to solve the people's common disputes. But have them bring the major cases to you. And then let the leaders decide the smaller matters for themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. That's just good delegation. So focus on the main stuff, Moses. You focus on the main things, the most important things, and let everything else go. Entrust it to somebody else that can take care of it, and then leave it alone. Let them do it. Don't micromanage. Don't keep jumping back in there to make sure it's being done the way you want it to be done. Train them, empower them, and let them go. I think about all the applications for our life in there. And I tell you, I, I, I still am growing in this. There are times that I, I would let things build a little bit. I'm trying to do as much as I can. And I may feel a little overwhelmed. And I'll, I'll have sleepless nights. Or I'm thinking, of, you know, at 2 a.m., oh, did I email that person back? I don't know if I did or not. Or what about this? You know, oh, I didn't get a chance to do that. And, and, and one day I was, I was talking to Phil Miller about this. I said, Phil, I, oh, I, I missed that and I missed that. And, oh, I, I may have missed these things. And I, I don't know if I'm doing the, the right thing there. And he looked at me. You, know, you guys know Phil. He looks at me and says, Brandon. And I, I always think he's going to say, you'd think I'd learn by now. I think he's getting ready to say something serious. But he has a serious look on his face. He says, Brandon, it's okay for you to go ahead and resign as the king of the universe. <laughs> That's good advice coming from a smart aleck, you know. <laughs> too bad. Wasn't too bad. But we, we've got to have the wisdom to know what do we need to take care of and what weights do we need to lay down. What's the trouble from the past that I'm still carrying around that I've just got to give that over to God and move on. I've got to quit thinking. I've got to quit living there. In this account with Moses, Jethro says, if, if you follow this advice, if you'll delegate, if you'll have discernment, if you'll do this, and if God commands you to do it, then you'll be able to endure the pressures. If you do that, then you'll, you'll be able to handle it. And all these people will go home in peace. It's a win-win. You'll be good, and they'll be good. And it says that Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice, and he followed his suggestions is a good reminder for all of us for parents and for grandparents and for pastors and for any type of leader for managers and I mean no matter where you are sometimes the hardest lesson to learn is that God can take care of the people that we love that's hard to do it's hard to trust it's hard to trust somebody in the hands of a God that we can't see but it takes great faith to believe and to know that God can take care of the people that we love. And sometimes he doesn't need us to get in there and make it messy. Sometimes we just got to let that go. We pray about it and we release it to him. And this is the best part about who we are in Christ. There are things that we need to push through. 
There are things that we've got to double down and work really hard and put the time in. And then there are other things that we've got to delegate and things that we need to just back off on altogether. Because ultimately, we serve a God who says, bring your burdens to me. You're not made to carry all this on your own. Bring that stuff to me. Psalm 55 says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. It's a promise from God. Psalm 68 verse 19 says, praise the Lord. Praise God our Savior for every day he carries us in his arms. Jesus said in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and you're burdened, you're weighed down with the weight of the world, come to me and I will give you rest. And I really like 1 Peter 5. I'm going to read in the message version. It says, be content with who you are. Know your limitations. Know who you are. Be content. Be satisfied. And don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God because he is most careful with you. That encourages my heart. I heard a story. Maybe you've heard this one. I always thought it was... A good story about a guy that uh, would go to work every day. It was a stressful job. And he'd come home at the end of the day, every day, just burdened and worried and maybe frustrated. You know, all these emotions and feelings. And every day, before he walked in the front door of his house, he would touch his shoulders and he'd touch the branches of the tree in his front yard. And his neighbor would see him do this every day. He'd come home, pull in the driveway, he'd walk out kind of touch his shoulders like that and touch the branches of the tree. And one day his neighbor said, can I just ask you, I just wonder, what, what, what are you doing? And the guy said, you know, my job is so stressful and I know this is way too much for me to take in that house and they don't deserve any of this. So he says, every day when I come home from work, I stop in the front yard and I just have a little quiet time with the Lord and I pray and I, I say, God, these burdens are way too much for me to, to handle. So I'm going to take them off, and I'm going to leave them on this tree branch. And I ask you, Lord, to just watch over it and take care of it and do what you need to do. And help me to just release that right now. And, and if they're still there in the morning, I'll, I'll pick them back up when I leave for work. He said, the, the amazing thing about that is every, you know, every night I walk into the house, I left the burdens there at, at the feet of Jesus. And the next morning when I go uh, out there, they're never there. I just thought that was a good little story, you know, but it's, it's a great reminder for us. What are the things that we're carrying that we need to just be laying down? What are the things that we're trying to do all on our own that we weren't meant to, we weren't meant to do it? The space and the place that you give to these thoughts, these worries, they're going to grow roots in your heart keep stewing on it, you keep worrying, you keep living there, it's just going to grow deep roots. What we fertilize the most is going to win the battle of our mind and our hearts. Where do, we, where do we camp out? Where do we land? Don't keep feeding that desire to take care of everything, but continue to feed your faith and trust that God is going to take care of the things that are under his hand. He's got that. You just keep being who he's called you to be. What are you carrying today? Don't be afraid to lay it down. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are a God that you care about our health. You care about our spirits. 
Lord, help us to be healthy people. Help us to be faithful people who trust you and who love you. Help us not to be stressed out and chaotic and worried and and let life just zoom right past us. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and to not miss the glory of what you have put all around us. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.